This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Friday's May jobs report was a shot of good news in what had otherwise been a bleak week. Adding a couple of million jobs instead of subtracting another 8 million like the economists were forecasting was called the biggest miss ever for the jobs report relative to expectations. While equity markets posted gains on Friday to end a strong week, I would say that the markets were not surprised. The S&P had been rising and the bond market and dollar index had rolled over so the trends fit the numbers. The first question of many was, were the numbers accurate or did the Bureau of Labor Statistics join the Trump campaign? I'm told no, that the BLS are bean counters, and if there was a mistake, it was an honest one. Politics were not part of it. The report will be ripe for revisions, which are common for these reports, and this one will beg to be reviewed and updated. Putting together these numbers for this report had to have been the hardest ever for both economists and the BLS, as they've never had to measure jobs in this kind of upheaval before. Some were calling it an error, but the BLS footnoted for the report that they knew that they had made a miscalculation error where overall unemployment would have been three points higher than the number they used, but they did not know how to correct for it. Furloughed workers were treated as being on vacation, but for some the vacation will be permanent. That would mean that unemployment is 16.3% rather than 13.3% as reported. The trade was looking for 19.7% unemployment, so even with that adjustment, the job situation was much better than expected. I think that it will reinforce the anticipation that any expectation that they have for the next jobs report is not worth venturing. The jobs report may have at least two negative influences on further economic recovery. I think that it will make it harder for Congress to reach a compromise on another aid and stimulus package until after the election. Mitch McConnell had said that he wanted to wait, and now Nancy Pelosi will want to wait too. Both will use it as election fodder. The other impact is that it will undermine the incentive for the Fed to continue to print money, which the bond market was signaling. If equities have been going up 90% because of Fed liquidity, the open spigot may shut off. If the stock market has to make it on economic performance alone, that could be bearish. The most accurate read of the job report is that there is 16.3% unemployment, and that is not good, even if better than expected. There's also economic risk ahead that the reopening of the economy may increase the chances for extending the COVID-19 pandemic. I don't think that there was a lot of social distancing going on at protest rallies. Health officials are calling for an end to the protests, which they say produce ripe conditions for respreads. Trump calls for the economy to perform like a rocket, but that could blow up on the pad. Last, the economists are not sure that the BLS got the numbers right. They have never had to deal with a pandemic reopening before. On the grains, as expected, moisture and heat units are accelerating crop development. We see the opposite of a weather threat. Last year, farmers were displaying side-by-side pictures of cornfields compared to the previous year that looked terrible. If they do that again this year on July 4th, it should look the opposite. Tropical storm Cristobal will cut from the Gulf right up the center of the Corn Belt, bringing moisture. Too bad it's not July or August when it is more needed. Our local cash corn prices recovered to $3 a bushel, where the local elevator basis was $0.32 under. New crop has recovered to $3 too. 
Most old crop has to be marketed by the end of summer, while the new crop marketing window has a lot of time to go. The post-COVID-19 economy should show improvement. Some saw soybeans breaking out last week to the upside, and others saw sell signals. Funds are long 7,000 contracts of soybeans, while short 282,000 contracts of corn. Experience says that creates a huge potential pool of short covering, if given a reason. We have low expectations for corn exports, ethanol crush, and feed consumption going forward. How USDA factors that into their balance sheet is always open to revision. What happens to the corn market short term may ignore fundamentals and be determined almost entirely off the reaction of funds to positioning. Funds are driven by technicals and they can become a fundamental. This could allow a short covering rally that the fundamentals do not change would provide a selling opportunity. OPEC Plus extended the crude oil production cut due to end in June another month. It was tough for them to get that done because there were members who did not comply with them up to that point. China has loaded up with cheap oil. Libya is reportedly reopening production again. The U.S. has cut production by 1.9 million barrels per day. U.S. producers are already poised to start production again. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call at 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. 